I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. people and welcome to another glorious episode of the geek down podcast the show where two friends and fellow nerds try and figure out where their fandoms intersect this is episode 121 my name is kayla mckinnon someone's got her notepad back yeah i do listen to them flames (laughs) caitlin has her notepad back mckinnon my name is jordan no notepad straight off the dome ferguson whatever (laughs) and in the background you'll hear our lovely fan welcome back to summer y'all because we're melting. I'm melting. I'm a melty person. Oh, the sweet, sweet drone of the fan. We got to get this done fast so we don't have to shut the window before the, uh, you know, parking lot quinceanera that happens every day <laughs> outside my window. And before we start getting mad at each other because it's too hot and we're <laughs> mad that each other are producing heat from our bodies. Yep, you generate so much heat, woman. You are the person who generates heat. How? <laughs> you get through the opening Off and we're your playing. dome. <laughs> Heat off your dome. That's where it all comes from. Your weird vagina, just heat leaking out of it all the time. What can I say? Your endometrial vagina. Yeah. It's, you know, good times. They're like in there being productive. They're crocheting. Knitting. The Etsy page is going wild. Knitting crafts out of your uterine lining. Yeah. Welcome to the Geek Down, everyone. If you would like to hear more of this fantastic banter... Feel free to listen to all the rest of our previous episodes on soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yes, sir. It's where we live. It is where we live. Yeah. And over there, they have air conditioning. They do. It's glorious. It's we so just we, it's, it's spacious. We don't have to sit next to each other. Oh, can awesome. barely tell she's there. We're oh. huddled up under blankets and just freezing, freezing AC. I'm just going to keep that as my image today. So, I mean, swing on through. And hit follow if you want to get a notification that we've got another episode up there. If you're like, I like SoundCloud, it's cool. I'm there for other things as well. That's great. But if you're like, excuse me, I do not have the time to go to a thing to get a thing. First of all, you're a bad person. You're a bad person. You're a bad person. Second of all, though. I, I need to, uh, I don't know, crochet boots for dogs so they don't burn their paws on the cement. I have to get ready for the art fair. I'm private pressing greeting cards for the Trinity Bellwoods Art Fair. Um, that requires a lot of time. I'm writing blog posts about the new area of Toronto named Vegan Town. I have. It's Vegan Dale, Caitlin. Vegan Dale. It's creeping up into my neighborhood. I've got thought catalog posts to read, lists on. Better maintaining my self-care. I have to write a dissertation on which Bob Dylan album is best. I'm, it's blonde on blonde. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm, I are you a secret? <laughs> are you, are, are you a... Uh... I, I just said that because it's the album Jack Black is holding in High Fidelity. Oh, uh, Hot takes, y'all. I don't even fucking like Bob Dylan. Oh! <laughs> neither do I. So I were friends. Yeah! Come at us. Come at us. Listen, I've been over it before. If you're like under 50 and you have like a vinyl themed Instagram account. Yeah. And it's nothing but Beatles and. Bob Dylan. Frank Zappa and. Bowie. The, the Eagles. Yeah. I don't even know what to tell you. 
You clearly that, don't have time to come to SoundCloud. I was about week. to say. So if you are one of those people, or if you're just like, actually, it'd be really nice to get it to my phone because I'm a normal person and really busy, um, <laughs> then you can go and hit the little button that has an apple on it. Yeah. Get yourself to Apple Podcasts and you can hit subscribe and then bam or <laughs> that other sound, the opposite of bam. Wow. The, the echo on the wind of... Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> In one of them, just keep on mashing them. It's fine. Uh, the oh, echoes God, on the wind. Drums. The echoes on the wind. Yes. Of the Geek Down Internet Elf. Chauncey. He's never hot. No, he's always cool. Man's not hot. Never that. No. He's cooler than cool. He's ice cold. <laughs> Um, which I wish I was right now. Um, and he's expanded his route, as we've said. Yeah. He's not thrilled about it. No. But he lives to provide Geek Down episodes to your Apple, Android, Stitcher. Podster. Po- Podster. But Digger. <laughs> Zergarg. R- <laughs> Rototiller. Any of where you... However <laughs> you get your audio content, your man's Chauncey. Is going to come through yep. and give you what you need. Yep. If. If you're like, I cannot believe this is free. Friends, don't worry. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> no, we can change that for you. <laughs> it doesn't have to be free. No. <laughs> if you're like, this is worth money. Is there any way for me to give money to this endeavor? Oh, thank oh, God. Yes, man. there is. Woo. It's hard to keep on paying Chauncey and high five. <laughs> He's going to get fed up eventually. <laughs> First way, you're like, first, oh, wait for our friends. First way, patreon.com forward slash geekdownpod. Head on over there. That is our Patreon campaign. That is where supporters of the show give monthly donations to help keep this endeavor going. It's brought us a mixer. It has. It's brought us a chair for Caitlin. A very important lumbar sport. It's brought us SoundCloud hosting for two years running. Amazing. And it's on its way to getting us a third microphone. So maybe, not here, but other places, we can accommodate guests. Yeah. Because they ain't coming here. No, because we will murder them. Because a third a third body is not coming into this building. <laughs> we will murder them to stop them producing heat. And what do you get for that? You get bonus episodes. You get the Geek Down playlist. It's actually, it's actually a new one up. My goodness. Another installment of Jordan's What's Up With Japan? <laughs> series you get episode previews you get notes when it occurred to us and uh when we go on july hiatus which is coming which is coming the countdown's on friends when it comes if you're a patron it'll be like we never left you'll be amazed you'll be like you'll be out doing your own thing yeah and you'll be like man i haven't heard from jordan kate in a while they're oh shit they're there when everyone else is going to be like i haven't heard from jordan kate in a while i'm so sad i wish they'd come back but they haven't because they're going on a break. A like, well-deserved break. We're like, come back in August, suckers. Yeah. So we have different tiers. And for as low as $12 a year, because you can give just a dollar a month. Yeah. We would love a dollar a month. We would absolutely kill for a dollar a month. $12? That's like one movie. How long's a movie? Like two hours? Three hours? Yeah. Geek Down Podcast, $12 a year? Gives you, you get like hours. 60 hours of content yeah, every year? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Give us your money. But... If you are like, I just don't feel comfortable with the whole subscription model. Like, listen, I get it. You got your Netflix, you got your Spotify, 
Got your Crunchyroll. Got your Apple Music. Got your Apple Music. Maybe you got, listen, Band J just dropped their album. So now you got to get Tidal again. Maybe so you can you, listen to it. Maybe you got roped into getting the Times because they only allow you three articles a month and it is obviously not enough. You want Washington Post. You want your Slate Plus. You have all these subscriptions and you're like, I just don't know if I can. I love you guys. I would love to support you. But the whole idea of like a monthly, a monthly recurring cost, I don't know if I can swing. Too much. We can accommodate you too, friends. Of course we can. We love accommodating people. I have no idea how to pronounce it, but it's ko-fi.com. We're going to call it Kofi. 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 Kofi.com. Maybe it's coffee. I think it's supposed to be coffee because the whole idea is like, yeah, buy them a coffee. And everyone's just going to be like, oh, I remember Kofi. (laughs) (laughs) Kofi Annan, former Secretary General of (laughs) the United Nations. Oh, those were the good old days. Kofi, ko-fi.com forward slash geekdownpod. There's our page. You're like, what is this thing? It's a way for you to support the show. Once. Yeah. Maybe twice. Maybe three times. Whenever you feel like it. Yeah. Just like occasionally. Like, like, you guys are doing a good job. I've got all this extra cash. Or I found a $5 bill. You can be like, I want to share it around. I'll give it to Jordan Kate. Yeah. Only one tier on coffee. Yep. Three bucks. Three bucks Canadian. Oh my gosh. That's, That's like, like 45 cents in most developed countries. <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. <laughs> you have no excuse. Support this endeavor. What are you going to do with that money, you're asking? Well, I figure it's just going to kind of be the uh, emergency incidentals and Caitlin Transit subsidization It would be fund. nice. <laughs> I spend a lot of money on transit every every month. You would be astonished, nay, horrified at the price of the GO train. Just $3, you buy us a coffee. That's the whole conceit of KofiCoffee.com. Yeah. And yes, coffees are $3 now. It's like... Welcome to the new world. Flick, here's a toonie. Flick, here's a loony. Yeah. Thanks for all the work you do, friends. And then that's it. If you want to do it again in three months, six months, whatever, hey, that'd be great. If you want to buy us two or three coffees, coffee for Jordan, coffee for Kate. Coffee for Chauncey. You have six bucks. You can set whatever you want. It's like the Misha special writ large. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I like that. It's good. So, So, yeah. If you would like more information about that, there's a few ways you can find it, primarily on our socials. First and foremost, Twitter.com. At GeekdownPod. Get Twitter. We also have an Instagram account. At GeekdownPod. We have an email account. GeekdownPod at gmail.com. There you go. There you go. And? The old mall of social media, Facebook. You're like, why are you still there? There are nothing but grandparents. Hey! In Velcro shoes. Watch it! And Caitlin McKinnon. Watch it! Velcro, Velcro shoes are amazing. Listen, I was looking at a pair of Velcro shoes last night. I'm not going to lie. They are amazing. But laces are a pain, yo. You can get there at www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pot. We're there, we hang, we put things up. It's great. It is great. And you can find out more about Kofi Kofi Coffee. Whatever. Whatever. K O dash F I. Just we would like money. Well, you know. It wouldn't we, it wouldn't hurt. We do it for the love, but money helps. Caitlin? Yes, Jordan. So I'm going home. Yeah. In a couple weeks. Yes. Kicking off July hiatus. Will be Jordan getting the fuck out of this city. Jordan getting the fuck out of Toronto. Chilling, chilling with the parents, chilling with Very Mr. Malash, nice. yeah. Uncle G, all my Windsor homies. There will be at least one Detroit run. Excellent. Um, I've got my passport renewed. Very nice. That was fun. Yeah. It's really sad when you offer the 10 year passport and you're like, man, I hope I'm still alive to, oh my God. <laughs> to renew this. That's terrible. <laughs> But I was thinking, I really have no summer clothes. Right. Um, 
I, in previous years, and I still believe this, mm-hmm. men do not look good in shorts. I disagree, but okay, continue. Men definitely do not look good in sandals. Oh, that, that rule is never getting adjusted. That's ridiculous. Men look great in sandals, they but continue. Do not men's feet are terrible. All feet are terrible. Men's feet especially. So we will never have sandals. But I'm thinking, fuck it. I'm old. I've been in this sweltering apartment in this sweltering city. Yeah. For I've been in the city for ten years. Yep. I've been in this apartment for like yeah, five or six. That's amazing. I can't believe it's been that long. So I opted to, uh, I've decided to stunt this summer. Very nice. Stunting is always great. Fuck it. And uh, on on trend this year is a lot of uh, loud tropical prints and whatnot. Yep. A lot of very Tommy Bahama adjacent yes. type of things. <laughs> um, like the patterns your dad wears, but in like, you know, more flattering cut. My dad does not wear tropical thing. things. He oh. wears NHL shirts. <laughs> Dan the man does. Okay. Dan the man's got a couple. So I go on. I go on to the old uh, old navy because as a fatty, there's only so many places you can go to buy clothes mm-hmm. at a reasonable price. Because if you go to the big and tall store, they will charge you extra money. Oh my gosh! And then and they're like too big and tall. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not fat enough to really be at the big and tall store. Yeah. But I'm too fat to like shop everywhere. And I go to the big and tall store and I yell at the salespeople. I'm like, if I had the money to pay for this, I wouldn't look like this because I spent that money on candy. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> My mother used to hate it when I did that. <laughs> we would go for clothes. And my friend Sophie, when I was at Le Chateau once in like the heady days of the mid to late 90s and was like screaming at so- my friend Sophie yeah. that I wanted to wear leather pants too. All right. And I was like, do-, do I have to shop at Le Plo Grand Chateau, Sophie? Like, what am I <laughs> What am I doing? Anyway, so I go in the Old Navy and I get uh, a handful of, you know, loud, obnoxious, tropical themed shirts with, you know, amazing palm trees or plants or birds or some shit on it, whatever. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just like really excited for all this. Um, and frankly, Caitlin heard all this story off mic already. This is the portion of the story Kate did not hear. Right. I have no summer hats. Oh my goodness. So I have um, I have ball caps. You yes, know, and ball yeah. caps for like t-shirts, you know, that's fine. But these are yeah. like button-ups, collared shirts, you know, a little, a little step above, yep. you know, right? Ball caps, not really. I don't want to, I like looking like boys to men in like the fall, <laughs> <laughs> the fall and winter. Not so much in the summer. It's, right. It's harder right. to pull off. And I have like one kind of mesh knit white, you know, Kangol Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson type of hat. Right. Very utilitarian. I've, mm-hmm. I've used it a lot over the years. Um, that's like the only like summer hat I have. I need more summer hats. So because of who I am as a person, hop on the old Googles. Yeah. Search like men's summer hats plus GQ plus Esquire. Right. Like, g- give me some styles, friends. And... The vibe I was getting. Oh, you guys don't even know how like <laughs> I'm like so on the edge of my seat for this. There were like three, three options that they were really listing. One was like the dad cap. Yeah. And I'm like, Meh. my yeah. head's too big for a dad cap, and right. I think they look terrible. Y'all look terrible. Um, the other is like full Panama hat. Right. Which I'm like, mm. Mm. um, I do like the look of a trilby, but it's very fedora adjacent. Yes. And I'm not about to do that. Yeah. Because most people do not know the difference between a trilby and a fedora fedora yeah and the other one they keep mentioning the bucket hat no the one they link to uh, oh my god <laughs> she's literally got her I'm hand on her like chest clutching at my heart the the one they had was this green adidas monstrosity right that like i can appreciate but i'm like 
mm, I, mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But also, the price was pretty low. Because right. normally, you look at GQ or something, it's like, you know, model wears white t-shirt by <laughs> Balenciaga retails for $2,600. Like, right. <laughs> um, but this was like Adidas bucket hat, $40 Urban Outfitters. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. So I like, I'm on the Urban Outfitters site. And I'm flicking around. <laughs> My God. And I see this thing. Caitlin. I like that you call it a thing. The question is. Yeah. Can a grown-ass man (laughs) wear a fila bucket hat? Maybe. Ah, see? ah. Well, I hope so, because it's on its way. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Better than I thought what was coming. (laughs) What did you think was coming? Like, like a bad bucket hat. So, if you don't know what a bucket hat is, I mean, you can Google it, but uh, it occurred to me, like, think of, like, Wilson on Home Improvement. Yeah. Like Tim Allen's neighbor. Yes. The top of his, he's like wearing a bucket hat, but like my dad has bucket hats, but they're like, you know, they have like a strap under your chin type of thing. They're like borderline safari hat type of things. Like, yeah. Um, whereas this is much more like, this is very eighties hip hop to be honest, Yeah. which is what appealed to me about it. Also, and it's Fila. It's Fila, which is a, I believe a French sportswear brand. I think they do make tennis type of stuff. Um, the hat looks like like something Jason Schwartzman wore in the real Tenenbaums. Like it's, <laughs> um, and Urban Outfitters had a multiple multitude of colors. Right. And I, I was told don't go all white. They had like right. a bright white one. Right. Um, I was yeah. told that was douche. This is like an, I believe they called it brass, but it's really kind of like an off white yeah. kind of khaki type thing. I don't have a photo, Caitlin. Oh, it's reversible. What? Oh, fuck. Now I gotta, I gotta find. Reversible Damn. to what? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have had this ready. <laughs> this is your fault. <gasps> oh. Navy with a little, uh, little, little all fila. over fila oh cursive writing. And I want to be a little louder. I want to stun a little more. Oh my gosh. So friends, I don't know. Stay posted on them socials when this shit comes I in. I see some pictures. I have to post some stuff. I almost, I really need a pair of new all whites as well, but I'm going to try, I'm going to try, uh, cleaning them. GQ had a, uh, it's all over. Shouts to, shouts to Gentleman's Quarterly. Um, I like when people, like magazines, actually give us useful stuff. Useful like, stuff? I don't need any more tips on, like, how to get them hot and bothered. I just really <laughs> want to know how to, like, iron my shirt. Like, I never learned that. So. He is hot and bothered <laughs> enough. We have got that covered. Yeah. that Hence why my shirt is wrinkled. Um, <laughs> so, like, I need to know how to iron it properly. <laughs> After yeah. he's hot and bothered, when yeah. he's no longer hot and bothered, I need to put myself back together. And they had, uh, they had basically how to clean your white sneakers. Okay. And apparently, you know, you either A, if you want something sustainable, you know, they have the like, you know, Jason Mark Pro sneaker cleaner. Go to a fucking like boutique sneaker shop and buy this shit. Right. Not too expensive, but I mean, do I want to shell 25 bucks or something I'm going to use like once, once every year? Yeah. Or Magic Eraser. Oh, yeah. And they had like befores and afters and then like the two, just a pair of like white Adidas shell toes and then like. The one they used with the Pro Cleaner and then the one with the Magic Eraser. And the one with the Magic Eraser kind of looked better. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, I got a pair you of... You just got to be careful with Magic Eraser. Because mm. it's like it's a like a fine, caustic substance, right? It's like so, it, it erodes to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Like, so, and it'll like scratch at things. That's kind of what it does. It's like micro scratching almost. Yeah. And I think they said it's like this is not a uh, this is not an all the time yeah. solution type of thing. And if I'm being honest, the whites I have are basically oh god 
seven years old. Oh my goodness. Seven, eight years old. Yeah, I can't. I just destroy my shoes because I will not spend more than forty dollars. <laughs> so that's what happens when you don't spend more than forty dollars. You destroy them by the end of the season. So I mean, I would really love to go out and get like a you know pristine pair of like Air Force One mids or something, yeah. you know, for the summer. But I mean, bought the train ticket. I got my passport renewed. I bought this shit. The money's kind of been flying out of here lately, and yeah. it's like we're gonna try cleaning. And if cleaning is acceptable, then that'll be what we do this year. Because he's not wearing sandals, folks. Because we are not wearing sandals. Ding. All right. So that's your, like, your stuff, right? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. I have a little bit of, like, a, almost like a PSA. Ooh. I wish I had a drop for that. (laughs) So I work in an office. (laughs) And there's a really toxic office culture. And I find it's a... In, in general or your office specifically? Like in, in offices. Mm. Like I'm not, this is not the, I'm not the only one who's gone through this. I know this a lot. Um, and it's this weird office culture of like, and I find it's especially women, mm. but office culture of if someone takes time off for health reasons mm. or ch- child yes, re- yes, reasons, yes, 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 yes. there's a lot of like behind the back talking about that person resentment right like but here's the thing why do you give a shit why do you care it's their time and if it's not impacting you like yeah it might impact you a little bit from time to time but if it's not impacting you shouldn't you be like good for you being you know trying to balance like work and being a mom and like you know being there for your kids and not neglecting them. Isn't that a good thing? Or if it's like a health thing, if it's migraines or endometriosis or just uh, being sick, don't you want these people that you work with and are friends with to get better? Like, why should they have to drag their ass in? As someone once told me when I was working at like Blue Notes head office a million Mm. years ago, um, we're not saving the world. Yeah, right. We're not. (laughs) We're making genes. Right. And even where I work now, like, you know, I I work in education, but it's still we're not saving lives day to day. We're someone taking a day off is not going to make the whole college system or university system collapse. It's they're going to get better and they have the time and it doesn't impact you. So, you know what? Next time someone takes a couple days off or maybe you think that they're. And this is probably the most important thing. Maybe you think they're not sick and they're just playing hooky. I think that's part of what it is. Or when people like, I know at major Canadian retailer back in the days when I was like on the sales floor, Yeah, the same people would call in a lot. Yeah. And granted, you know, if you want to be all David Foster Wallace, this is water about it. It's like, well, you don't know their story. Maybe they are that sick. Maybe they're whatever. But the impulse is to be like calling in sick again you didn't know yesterday that you were going to be sick like but i think that's toxic i think like someone who suffers from mental health issues there are days that i have taken because i don't think i'm going to make it through the day or i've been crying all night and all morning and i probably know if i go to work i'm going to cry all day at work Mm. and people that freaks people out apparently if you cry all the time (laughs) um Or I'm uh, with endometriosis, I'm exhausted and I'm in pain and maybe I could be at work, but I'm not going to do anything at work that day. There's no point in me being there and I might even do more damage. Well, same with mental health. As we always say, 
what you're going to tell someone with diabetes that they should just suck it up. If you've got a serious mental health, um, anything disorder condition, you may seem fine on the outside. Maybe you're not blowing your nose or maybe you're not puking or maybe you're not bleeding out, but you are having a serious health issue. Um, so a, everyone who works in offices, especially the ladies out there, just, it's fine. Again, you probably, it's not going to be the end of the world. Just let it go. Let people take their time. And then when you need it, take your time and know that you need that as a person. Um, to everyone who is sick, who needs to take time, don't feel guilty. Just don't. Like, I know that is the place most of us go to immediately, but you can't. Especially if you are ill. Just don't feel guilty. And that's kind of my PSA. I've had to take a lot of time off this week. And <laughs> I felt really guilty. And I was thinking about this and someone I work with. She's sick of the dummies in her office making her feel bad. No, no. Actually, my office has been really supportive. But, like, it was actually about somebody else. Um, so someone I work with, they take some time off to be with their kid or kids. And, um, and they turned around and made some comment at someone else who had taken time off to be with their their Uh. kids. And I was like, how hypocritical is that? You don't want people to be talking about you. So why would you talk about them? Just let them have this time and, you know, try and be the best parent they can be. But anyways, that's all. Everyone just be nice. Don't be an asshole. Stop being dicks. Yeah. That's kind of like the message of our show. It's like, enjoy nerd stuff and, like, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Well. Well. Only one item of news, but we don't want to talk about it. But we are going to talk about it. I mean, in a sort. So, if you follow nerd news, nerd Twitter, all that kind of stuff, you uh, no doubt saw the original post and the reporting around a woman named Chloe Dykstra, who is a cosplayer. An actress. Actress. Television personality. Uh, specifically with nerd stuff, you know, maybe she hosts, you know, little streaming news updates or stuff like that, or, you know, shows up at cons, that type of thing. And she wrote a post about the various abuses, emotional, uh, sexual, and just general dipshittery suffered at the hands of an ex-boyfriend she had. And she was trying to purge all of that out of her system. She didn't really publish it. She threw it up on Medium. Um, yeah. I don't even think she posted it on Twitter until after it had really gotten out there mm-hmm. that people had noticed it um, and people did the math and it wasn't too hard to figure out despite her not naming uh, the gentleman in question that it was Nerdist's Chris Hardwick. And Nerdist, um, for those of you who don't know, is basically an online... Nerd news podcast pod- empire yeah. type thing. Uh, Hardwick has not been involved with Nerdist. He sold it for I, a couple years ago, I think. Right. So he has not been involved with the company for a couple of years, but he has gone on. He started as a talk show host and a stand-up. Not talk show host. Does he remember Singled Out? The show no. that brought us Jen, the old MTV show that brought us Jenny McCarthy. It's no. a real terrible dating show type of thing. He was the host on that um, and like a stand-up. And then he kind of similar to Mark Marin, although not nearly as good of an interviewer, um, <laughs> started kind of doing you know, WTF for nerd stuff. We right. called it Nerdist, and it kind of spiraled out into this huge media empire, and they've done shows. He hosted a kind of like improv-based show called At Midnight right? Um, for Comedy Central, I believe. He did the after shows for uh, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad. All kinds of um, stuff. And is like a Comic-Con fixture. Like he's, yeah. He was 
no longer, but he was going to moderate the like, you know, Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who panel at Comic Con. Really? Well, not anymore. But yeah, but still, that's surprising. But anyways, he was like he was like the marquee dude. He was like you know the dude. He's like the Ryan Seacrest of nerds, right? Right. Like, it's it's actually, just everywhere. It's a very good analogy. He was. <laughs> he was the Ryan Seacrest of nerds. It was like if you needed a guy to talk, yeah, or introduce stuff. something, you would get Chris Hardwick. So you know, so you can find the piece. I'm not going to rattle through all the all the things he allegedly did to her. He, of course, has made a statement and disputed most of the things um, involved. Right. The move I don't like is like blah blah blah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so hurt by what she said, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we broke up because she cheated on me, blah, blah, blah. Like, Loki, like, just flip it back on her. Right. When the shit she said was, like, so specific. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, you can find out all that yourself. The point is, Kate doesn't want to talk about this. And frankly, I don't really want to talk about it either because I had a uh, sidebar. I had an issue with Grand Theft Auto Online this week where they did some server maintenance. Right. And I ended up being out three properties. Oh, multiple cosmetic updates <sighs> to my cars, possibly performance upgrades, right. um, just millions of in-game money Yeah, gone, um, has been fixed since okay. Okay, re- good. relax, relax everybody. I filed a ticket. <laughs> it's been, they, I was not, I was at delay, so I ha- hyperventilating on your behalf. <laughs> they, they knew about it. They fixed it. They put everything back and gave me $2 million for my trouble. So oh, that's nice. aces, um, but I was telling, you know, texting my friend Scott about this. Um, he's like, well, just take solace in like, you know, Chris Hardwick getting like torn apart or whatever. It's like, I don't take solace in that anymore. No. Cause every time, ta- every time it's just proven that my gender is fucking terrible. Like that's not, I'm not happy about that. It doesn't make me feel good. No. Like, and it, someone had to suffer really terribly at the hands of someone. Um, so that's a problem, right? Like that's never good. I it's, just don't like being reminded that my gender has just been pretty terrible basically for its entire existence. Yeah. Sad. Just makes you sad. Yeah, it does. Just make you sad. <laughs> Hence why I didn't want to talk about it. And there's not really much to say. It's sort of like, just keep on going back for ages. And I mean, you and know. it's pervasive everywhere. And that's the thing, right? I mean, so you take away his talk show. You take away all the panels he was hosting. You yeah. severely reduce his ability to, you know, generate an income. Right. Is that, I never know if that's like. That makes all of us feel good, but it doesn't you know, it's, it doesn't help Chloe Dykstra, really. Maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying he should still be going out and, you know, he should not be interviewing Jodie Whittaker. At, oh, no, he should not. At Comic-Con. But I just, um, I find myself more confused these days on what it accomplishes when the issues, like you say, are so pervasive. pervasive. Like, that's... I just want, like, more learning and teaching... And I guess, you know what, the, the one, it sounds weird. And for a long time, I guess you could say like he got away with it, but it, the more that people are stopped or prevented from still having amazing careers when they're horrible, awful people, it shows that it's going to be harder to get away with shit. So maybe don't use your power over someone. Maybe it'll make someone think twice. From everything I I have seen, I may very well be wrong about this. I don't think he was strolling around the nerdist offices grabbing asses or things like that. It's it's suckier and weirder and sadder when right. it's a relationship between two people. When he's Though, <laughs> shitty to his, you know, girlfriend than the people he works with. 
though the a whole bunch of people he used to work with us uh, uh, women especially have all said he was awful oh yeah he was like racist and sexist oh. and awful that's 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 edgy stand-up guy right like yeah. i say the things other people won't because i'm a edgelord like <laughs> the the one moment in the uh in the article that Dykstra wrote was about her having surgery and him staying, you know, at her bedside through some of the recovery, you know, through a lot of the recovery and whatnot with yeah. her mom. And that, that being a moment where she was like, Oh, maybe he's not Awful. everything. I'm worried that he seems to be. And when the doctor came in and gave an update, his first response was like, when can I have sex with her again? <gasps> I almost understand the like warped comedian brain that would think that's a good idea. It's not a reaction I would ever have, but like what I know about people who, you know, say the air giant air quotes, say the things other people won't. I can almost see him like, maybe he thought that was an attempt to bring levity to a situation. He was having trouble processing, but also her fucking mom was standing right there. So I just like, bruh, bruh, I'm making a face. You can't see it, but it's a gross face. So, I mean, I take no joy when another man falls because it's just like, hey, once again, a reminder that we're all fucking awful. But it's a reminder. (laughs) And for all the ladies out there to be careful, please be careful. Keep holding your keys between your fingers, ladies. Like a fist, like claws, like Wolverine. Woo. I do need to mention something, though. Hmm. Um, you have uh, spoken several times uh, this episode about how you are old. Yes. Well, according to a certain someone, <laughs> that is neither apparent nor uh, was apparently he expecting anything like you told him. So so I told this story on my socials, but for, you know, for the listeners who are not on my socials... Um, essayist npr contributor all around funny person i guess writer i had had not read a word of his work oh before this a friend got me one of his books was very good um i greatly enjoyed what he read at Mm -hmm. this but uh david sedaris yeah came through for a signing at major canadian retailer last week the powers that be decided hey night golem (laughs) yeah we want you to learn other things around around the 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 building they want to try and make you learn stuff and, and be better give you the opportunity to like you know work in the daytime expand your horizon type of thing Ugh. um so you're gonna work the event like, oh, fuck okay um throw some clothes together that are suitable for <laughs> the daytime because they've changed the dress code and it's just black pants now and all i have are black jeans and it's just it's, oh. it's, a, it's a mess it's a mess it's anyway. a mess uh, my job was, they told me my job initially was going to be like handing him the books. Like I'd just be hanging out on the stage all day, like yeah. hand, handing the books to people. And then the publicist was like, no, I think people can just bring their own books. And I was like, cool. I'll just stand here. Right. For hours. Oh. So it turns out standing for hours, far more tiring than breaking down pallets. Oh, yes. And hauling boxes. Um, David Sedaris is a, is a very, a very charming writer, uh, it seems. He read a story from his latest book, Calypso, about um, shopping for clothes in uh, Tokyo with his sisters. Right. Um, Amy Sedaris is his sister. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
You just figure they're the there same you, same. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, and like he's telling a story about this clothing store. I think it's called Capital in Tokyo. Right. That just sells ridiculous clothing. And the clothes he was wearing were frankly ridiculous. <laughs> he, had, he had shorts on that looked like a dress and that they'd been made by like three other pairs of shorts. Amazing. He had a shirt that looked like it would have fit me. Right. He's a much smaller man than I am. And apparently in this store, they had uh, three giant wooden dicks oh. in the window. Fun. And like when they got in the store, Amy like ran up, grabbed one of them and like yelled out, I think it's Teak. <laughs> um, <laughs> which then led to a funny story about based on a question that somebody asked about like how the New Yorker fact checks because he writes for the New Yorker a lot. Right. So he's like, you know, I've worked for it. I've written for other places and they don't fact check anything or like I give interviews and nobody calls me for anything or fact checks anything. Mm -hmm. But the New Yorker is like, you know, they call capital and they were like, did you have wooden dicks in your, (laughs) in your window on this date? And they'll check everything. Also, he's, it's interesting. He's a gay man. Yes. And you notice sometimes with sometimes in the older gay community, Mm -hmm. they don't like queer as a word. Yeah. No, they they don't. They prefer homosexual. Yes. Um, Because for them, it's like, that's what we fought for. Like, that's what the slur was. That's what was illegal. Like, (laughs) homosexuality was illegal. So the fact that we can say we're homosexual and not be arrested is amazing. But for the kids, they want to take back queer and they want to make queer their own. And and it's sort of like an all-encompassing word as well. Yeah. (laughs) What was his one line? He was talking, he did have something to say about the letters that constantly keep getting added to to it. (laughs) He's like, there's one for undecided now, too. And, like, listen, when you decide, then you can have a letter. Um, so there are moments like that where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, he's he's a very um, no fucks type of dude. Right. Like, uh, a couple went up to get books signed. I think the the man was more of a fan than the woman. The woman yeah. liked him, but the man was getting his book signed. I think the woman cracked some joke on him that he thought was funny, but it was also mildly insulting. So he signed the dude's book, you know, <laughs> to Adam, you're dating a whore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <sighs> anyway, all this is to say, end of the night, I'm like, it's funny. This has been enjoyable. I would never buy his book under any other circumstance, I think. Also, my friend uh, Christine really loves him. Right. And she could not be there because school night. And so I was like, eh, if I get a chance, you know, what's your favorite book by him? Uh, I'll, get it, well, I'll buy it for you and get it signed. Right. Um, no, she'll listen to this and she doesn't have the book yet. So I'm not going to tell her, I'm not going to say what he put, but I get up there. He's also, the other thing about this event was like, he apparently spent, and he does, he did spends a solid amount of time with people, right? like five, six minutes. He was giving people like hand cream he stole from his hotel room, like, <laughs> which as an employee, you're like, boom, shit, we've been at this for like five hours. But at the other, on the other hand, I've been to see Neil Gaiman and it's always been very lovely, but you have 15 seconds to say everything. Right. You have literally from the moment his pen hits the page till it comes off yeah. to say everything you want to say. So I get up there and he's like, you know, I post it, know my name on it. And he's like, so, oh, Jordan. Uh, and he starts signing. He's asking me what I do around the building. He's like, I'm going to say you look to be about 24. And I just said, bless your heart, sir. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, how how old are you? Uh-huh. And I say, I'm actually 40. <laughs> and that's when he had a heart attack and you killed David Steris. <laughs> and he looks up and he's like, you're 
no, you're kidding. It's like, I'm, I'm actually usually pretty good at guessing people's ages. Like you have no, he's like, look real, real deep in my face. He's like, you have no wrinkles. How is that possible? Like, that's astounding. You have no wrinkles. And I'm like, well, I don't smell much. So, Did he like that? I thought that was a great joke. And the publicist thought it was really funny, but I think he was still just so taken aback like, that he was stunned. that wrong about my age. Yeah. I don't know. Black don't crack. Asian never reason. Fatty never. I don't know. Think about give, give me an Asian. Give, give me an aging rhyme that rhymes with fatty. But it's just, it's just my cheeks are. My face is just so filled with fat. It's stretched all the. That's that's what I always say about my my roundness. I'm just gonna be round chubby forever. Cheeks. cheeks. So yeah, apparently, <sighs> apparently, I just have a beautiful baby face. Hey, when I started uh, where I worked, so this is about two years ago. Mm. Um, they thought I said I had like a big birthday and they were like, Oh, are you turning 21? And I was like, Oh, you guys. And they were like astonished at my age. So yeah, there you go. It's fatty something, something. Come on guys. Get on our socials. Come up with a non-aging aphor- rhyming aphorism for being overweight. <laughs> Woo. We got to get something out of this. Woo. You're a bad person. Diabetes. <laughs> Gout. <laughs> Heart attacks and uh, not aging. I'm gonna lose a foot, but I'm gonna be beautiful. <laughs> be the most beautiful one-legged motherfucker you ever saw. Oh, anyway, updates. Anyways, Do we updates. have any? I have some. Hit me. So I was talking about to senior correspondent about our episode last week, and we were talking away, and then we watched Coco. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I heard from my friend Christine that yeah. she was uh, practically hysterical by the end of it. <laughs> Like just sobbing. Yeah. So there was I, I I caught on again movie for a child. So I'm not like measuring my intelligence against this movie, <laughs> but did catch on to some stuff pretty early. Um, and yeah, it uh, the book of life mm. did not make me cry. Coco did make me cry mm-hmm. several times. So yeah, good times. It was good. But we're not gonna wait. We're not gonna say an either or. Oh, it's definitely Coco. Oh, shit. But they, like, man, like, I just feel like, unfortunately, Mexico gets put into, like, a little... You can only have one Mexico movie. Music and, you know, Dios de Muerte. Cinco de Mayo and Dios de los Muertos. That's what you get. Yeah. And just, like, yeah, that's it. And and singing and bullfighting (laughs) and... Like Coco is slightly better, but still, it was a little frustrating. But yeah, they were both really. I actually say watch them both and make your own judgment. Um, but Coco did make me cry. That's usually a good. Like I mean, Pixar really is good at pulling the heartstrings. Yes, right? they are. That's one of the things they excel at. So the writing was a little bit better, a little bit cleaner. But yeah, there you go. That's it. That's it. Oh no, that's not it. That's not oh it. my gosh, how could I forget? Mm. Voltron. Right, I did see the new season. Hit. Oh my gosh, God, Voltron. I'm so far behind on that show. Voltron. So we have this problem with because Voltron. Yeah, you watch them all in a day. Oh man, we like whipped. <laughs> we didn't even mean to. We were like, we're gonna watch them while we do some laundry. Maybe we'll just watch like two. Yeah. So hours later, and all episodes done. Voltron so good there were so many moments this like season that were amazing and so exciting um so yeah last season was a little uh it was dragging a little but this season for sure was fantastic so yeah that those are my updates uh, a couple anime updates uh, i haven't mentioned because it's still 
you know, it's been ongoing, but um, Megalobox is entering its, what I presume, if it's going to be only a 12, 13 episode uh, season. It's you know, ending entering, entering its arc. final arc. Right. Um, nobody is surprised. It's ending with Yuri and, and Joe. What? What? One day I'd love for them to just like flip the script. I mean, listen, it wasn't reinventing the wheel here. No. Um, but it still has been a good ride. A good ride. I've been I've been enjoying it. And I mean, I like the fact that, you know, we are at a point now, there was a really nice scene where just, you know, Yuri and Joe just before the Neo Megalonia tournament. Yeah. Just kind of bumped into each other and had a chat oh. about like what are you fighting for? Like you know, they clearly respect each other. They're going to try to bludgeon each other to death once they get in the ring together. But I mean, yeah. like, they respect each other. There's not, like, an animosity thing. It's like, I need to see how I just, you know, it's not shown an anime thing. It's like, I need to see how good I am. Right. So, so that's been dope. And uh, one thing I forgot to mention about. Oh. I think I, uh, I think I mentioned, I may have even mentioned it when the first one came out. FLCL2. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. So third episode of that dropped. Uh, this week and had time to watch it before you came over. I think I said at the time that the first, uh, the first episode was very much more kind of fan servicey right. to the original series. Um, still has kind of been that way where like there's a Haruko analog right. called Jinru, Jinyu, um, who talks to Haruko a lot about like, you know, you tried once before, but the, you know you didn't get what you wanted the last time. Like they they acknowledged the old show. Right. Um, it's it does kind of suffer, I think, from like nothing like FLCL had existed when FLCL came out. Right, like we were like, what is happening? <sighs> um, so there is a little bit of like it's never going to live up. No, of like it's not. never going to live up, um, and it's not. The guy writing it, I think, uh, I was actually, I don't know, fuck, I don't know what else he worked on, but I was impressed with the pedigree of some of the writers and directors coming onto this, but it definitely has to do the, like, you know, adolescence um, metaphor is a little... Heavy-handed? Not heavy-handed, but I mean, you know, you watched FLCL back in the day and I would always go like, eh, it's a metaphor for adolescence. And you're <laughs> like, how? How? How are people saying that? This is very much like, you know teenage sexual awakening is so, very very much like the idea of overflowing and like what do i have to do to make her overflow for the shit to come out of her head that i right. want like it so with yeah with uh flcl definitely there was like you could kind of see some tenuous strings there but at the same time like you said you're like what the hell is going <laughs> on whereas i can see they've kind of in a way which is my big complaint about anime or anime is that it ends up not making any sense mm. they've kind of like westernized the storytelling a little bit so that things are more connected and and i mean they have to right because adults went ponied up for this so yes. they want something that's going to play yeah. on their you know midnight at <laughs> something for the stoners at midnight yeah. on a saturday night who under any other circumstance you should be out doing something or having sex with girls instead of <laughs> instead of um though the eye catch did that for the first time in the series. Oh, really? He's very happy. Yeah. Oh, Little good. kids' voices going, Furikuri! Yeah. Um, is there a plot? I don't really know. Like, it's the struggle for control of this Hidomi girl between it, Haru and Jinyu. Does it need a plot? No. Just fun to watch? It's a little 
the B plot on this episode was um, it was like their beach episode. It was like right. a take on the beach episode this week. Yes. Um, <laughs> like in one of those, mo- this is a moment that I think you would have liked because you like those like weird moments where stuff is happening and nobody really blinks. Yeah. Um, Jin, the two, the two Harukos, Jin Yu and, and Haru are like having a chat about, you know, whatever. And Haru's lying on the beach. Sorry, Jin Yu's lying on the beach and Haru was like burying her with sand. Yep. Uh, just, and they're just calmly talking while the sand goes on her. And then it like, the shot pans out and you see how I was mixing cement <laughs> and then slowly dump cement over her. And for the rest of the episode, Ginger's just like in this like bean of cement. <laughs> like she's got a flying car. <laughs> she's got a flying car. And when she's like saves E-Day from falling to the ground or something, she's in the back. He's like, where are you? He turns around. She's like lying just her face in this like cement bean. Um, uh, and I was like, yeah, it is what it is. It it's is a, what it is. Is it as good as the first one? No. Is it a delight for me to sit down and enjoy on a Sunday morning every week? Yes, it has been. So that's what I got. The rest of my life has just been Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the background. So Cool. Um, also, weird mention. Mm. This is just like weird, weird mention. So you know how everyone is freaking out about uh, The Stairs on Netflix? The Stairs. It's basically a documentary about this writer who... His wife apparently falls down a flight of stairs and um, and dies, and he's arrested for her murder. Nope, this has been eaten by my algorithm. Oh I my haven't gosh. even okay. seen this thing. But no, it's all the, the articles have like exploded everywhere. They're talking about it everywhere. How people are just like freaking out with the stairs. It's the new like crime, true crime. The new making thing. a murder. Exactly. So what's really weird is about a couple of weeks ago, I watched the uh, forensic files <laughs> on this case. So if you want another side of the story, uh, watch the forensic files on Netflix about this case. Um, And, like, I think it'd be a good, interesting thing for someone to compare. Like, the forensic files is, what, like, 20, 30 minutes? This thing, I think, is, like, six episodes. Um, So, yeah, just, and let me know on our socials. That's all. That's all I wanted to say to the people out there. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to watch the stairs because I, I kind of know what happens. So it's, yeah, there's no tension. You watch the forensic files. I watch the forensic files. So yeah. Because uh, I'm a jerk. A little shout out to all my people who saw Hereditary this weekend. Was that? What does that mean? What's going on? It's just a. Uh, just things. The thing. The thing from the movie. Okay. All right. One of the scary things from the movie. Oh. Okay. It's like a Kayako from Juan always goes. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a thing from uh, from Hereditary. I just saw the trailer and it was too scary. <laughs> I was wondering about that because if what, I, you know you know me, I'm not going to see it, but I'll listen to like deep deep dive spoiler podcasts on it. Yeah. Um, and I heard all the plot and went like okay, and then I've heard the reason I went into it is because like I've heard people either love the ending or hate the ending. Right. Um, and listening to everything that led up to that point, I was like, maybe that's a thing I could give Caitlin one day. Nope. Now we know. Nope. That is not a thing that's going to happen. That is where we draw the line. Woo. <laughs> um, speaking of draw the line. This is the first half of the episode over. Oh my god, I've got the vapors. That was just like that was, I'm breathless. <laughs> um, that's because it's so hot in here. <laughs> we got to re up these green tea bins. Yeah. Eat some pocky and wave at ourselves furiously. And when we come back, we'll talk about the things we brought each other. What's up, y'all? Get live, get down. Geek Down Pod is back in town. This is the part of the show where Jordan and Kate talk about the things we brought each other. 
and not rapping because I can't do that. <laughs> Love future future patron bonus. <laughs> Caitlin tries to rap. I did see a clip of your favorite Twenty One Savage talking with proper enunciation recently. Ooh. I was going to send it to you, but I didn't know <gasps> if you remember who Twenty One Savage was. I know. I, skr. 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 <laughs> um, this is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. Before we do that, though, got some rules. Rules. You got to keep thing in li- things in line. Apparently, the Bible tells us that we got to have those rules. The Bible tells us lots, lots of things. Let's not put too much weight into things the Bible tells us. We're all getting stoned. <laughs> and not in the good way. Not the good way. Uh, so our rules. First rule being rule of three. That is the rule that if the thing comes in issues, parts, uh, seasons. No, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, episodes. We will watch, consume, read three of them. Three of them. So the thing gets a chance to become the thing it's trying to be. Give it a chance. It's got to take some time sometimes. Mm-hmm. You got to put a lot into that first thing, right? Gotta. So then the second, the third thing are helping the first thing like spread it out. Yeah. Often. Um, <laughs> the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is the rule that means that we will not talk about the things we brought each other because we want you, our lovely, wonderful, gorgeous audience, to get the hottest of takes. I mean, listen, I gave Caitlin the thing on, like, Wednesday. Yeah. And then maybe I don't talk to Kate for a couple of days. You don't know if I, I read I it. I have no idea. Did no. she find it? Did she read it? I start getting concerned. Is she, like, is she going to be have consumed it in time for the podcast? I can't even ask that. Nope. Can't. Got to save it. Got to save all of that for y'all. The third rule, which is not really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Eh, it's not really a big thing, this, no, it's, it's this not, episode. It's not a big thing at all. One thing is soup's old. The other thing is soup's new. But I don't really know anything spoilable happens no, in the, not really. in the first bit. I mean, but, unless, but if you're one of those people who's like, I don't want to know anything that happens, you need to get the fuck out. In the nicest way possible. And sweetest nicest most saccharine way possible go go watch coco go watch coco um and you know tell us all about it on our facebook page um because you're old and you care about spoilers go look up feel out bucket hats and tell me if i can wear one yeah um but for the rest of you here we go here we go first of all the thing i brought jordan geek down comic club back in effect yeah we haven't done this for a while and let me tell you reading things Go so much faster and it's so much easier than watching things. It so does. We need to do this more often. <laughs> yep. Um, so what I gave Jordan. So I had been thinking of giving Jordan a comic book for a while. Um, and I was kind of like, what do I give him? And then I was like, you know what? I really enjoyed this. I didn't finish reading it. It's one of the many things that I like read a whole bunch of, or not a bunch, but read some of and really liked and then put down and then a million other things came up. But it is Motor Crush. It is the from the team that gave the updated, renewed, wonderful Batgirl. Um, they are Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, Babs Tarr, Jake Wyatt, Rob Haynes, and Paul Renwand. I don't know who everyone who does everything because they don't have a Wikipedia article on on uh, Motor Crush. I know that Babs Tarr um, is an artist, and she's known for her art style. Um, and yeah, Cameron Stewart is also an artist. He's, he's the only name on here that I knew. Right. Um, I think I first saw him. He did a lot of work with Grant Morrison back in the day. Mm-hmm. Grant Morrison had a string of, uh, I guess they call them three B's, these three issue vertigo series that he was doing. Cool. And he did one called sea guy. And that was the first time I saw Cameron Stewart, any of his work. And then I think Cameron Stewart also did some work on Morrison's Batman run. 
cool. epic decade long Batman run. Um, Motor Crush is released by Image Comics. Um, I don't actually know when the, I guess it, when it first came out, 2017? Probably. So. Was he, was that the, on his byline? Cameron Stewart yeah. actually was at that panel we saw at TCAF a couple of years ago. So I'm I pretty like sure That's what he was plugging. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, I think here it says June 27, 2017. So okay. last year, um, around this time, uh, first one came out, um, I'm just going to read a little bit of a synopsis, um, which is actually pretty good, better than Wikipedia. Someone make a Wikipedia article for Motor Crush, please, <laughs> God. Um, the team behind the critically acclaimed revamp of Batgirl returns with an exciting sci-fi action-adventure series. By day, Domino Swift competes for fame and fortune in a worldwide motorcycle racing league. By night, she cracks heads of rival gangs in brutal bike wars to gain possession of a rare, valuable contraband, an engine-boosting machine narcotic known as Crush. However, she inhales crush in like a normal inhaler looking thing mm. vaporized you, yep you find out through the first three issues that she needs it to survive um and that whereas other people if they ingest crush they're literally their heads explode which was amazing um she can seems to be able to ingest it her body seems to need it um and apparently she's been like this since she was a child uh, you find it, you, she doesn't know where she comes from, and the man who adopted her, who taught her everything she knows about racing and cars and motorcycles and all of that, um, he is not her real father um, and won't tell her about her past. Um, and she has, there's a, a couple characters that come keep on coming up. Um, she has an ex-girlfriend who's this genius mechanic. Um, there are these other bike gangs like they're talking about. There is the mob is involved and basically she gets herself into trouble because she needs this, this crush and, um, basically makes a debt of like a deal with the mob that if she wins this big upcoming race, this real, not the, the night races, but the real like race, um, her debt and her ex-girlfriend's debt will be abolished. And there's like lots of different players and stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else significant about this world. Can you think of anything? No. No. Okay. Anyways, uh, what drew me to this comic initially was the art style. I still, like, absolutely adore the art style. It's, like, colorful and blues and pinks and purples, and I just, I love it. Um, and I really like the writing as well. I thought it was very good. So, Jordan, what do you think? The problem is, you know when you just said, can you remember anything else about this world? And I said no. Yeah. That's kind of unfortunately what i'm left with oh here and i didn't want to right i wanted to like this book oh and i didn't really it's not even that i disliked it right it just kind of washed over me like a fart in church and then it left and i was like okay yeah um you really like the art yes i love the art this is a style of art that i feel is very image lately in that it's and this is purely just, this is my aesthetic thing. Um, aesthetic. Aesthetic. I don't have that drop yet. It's very kind of like scratchy. The lines are smudgy. Like, yeah. Don't like. Oh, don't so like, good. I like a cleaner line, as evidenced by the thing I gave Kate that we'll yes. talk about later. <laughs> and also, Cameron Stewart, who is an artist, and I don't know what exactly he did here, if he mm-hmm. was like co-plotting or doing maybe some of the break, what they call the breakdowns, mm-hmm. which is like the page layouts. Yeah. Um, and then Babs Tar does the actual pencils, but he did some covers that are in the back of the trade and you see his covers and it's like, mm, 
Really? I wish he was drawn this. Oh, see, no. I was like, I saw the covers and I was like, oh, I'm so glad they went with their covers <laughs> that they went with. It's got a much cleaner line that lends itself to digital colors better. I don't know. And listen, that's just that's just a preference thing. Right. Um, it's not necessarily a strike for the book. It's just like, well, okay, this is an image book that looks like Bitch Planet that is an image book that looks like Snot Girl that is an image book. Like, it's right. all... That looks like Monstrous that is an image book. Like, it's just... They yeah. All, it's scratchy, smudgy lines. Can, know, I, can I get some clean lines back in my comics, please? What I think is really interesting, and we're going to talk about this later, and we have talked about this before, is I don't like the old style of comic, right? I find it, like, really boring <laughs> and, like... Like, bleh, I don't like the colors. <laughs> and I think this is much more... Like, this is a comic for me right mm. um i love gore i love people getting bashed <laughs> um i love ladies doing lady things well um so yeah no i i understand i could see why like it's a that's a preference thing there um you like all of those things what i don't like yeah mcguffins mcguffins i don't like mcguffins, I love MacGuffins. crush is such a fucking mcguffin mcguffin but it's the whole point it's the whole point of the story your back of trade synopsis that you just read yeah gave more insight to what the hell this shit is than anything in the comic oh i don't think that's she's like i gotta get more crush everybody needs crush i want it and she's in like she's drinking it and other people are putting it in their bikes there's like zero explanation for what this shit is or why it's so valuable or why everybody wants it not yet how many did you get into like four or five okay i read the whole trade which is six maybe still ain't got it not not fully no (laughs) It's a problem. <laughs> Give me something. Give me something to prove this shit no. actually matters and it's not just I kinda like, magic sauce that makes her run fast. I like, first of all, magic sauce is amazing. Second, I wish I had magic sauce that made me run fast. <laughs> Three, I think that's called energy drinks. Four, um, yeah, I just, I like that it gives you clues. I like things that give you bits and pieces, right? And you have to start making connections. Um, but I guess you don't like that. I just, I don't. Maybe I judge too harshly. I don't. I don't know. Like I read all the like the tens out of tens on the back from yeah. IGN, and like everybody seems to love this book. It's like oh, it's like the energy of an anime, blah blah blah. It's like not quite. Like I just I read the book and I like enough of what it's doing, mm-hmm. but I wish it was doing all of it just a little better. Interesting. I wish Crush wasn't such a MacGuffin right now. The best parts of the book were Dom and the Mechanics relationship. Yeah. I found anything to do with that. And I just love that's what I enjoy. The way they draw the mechanic. Um, I wish that they had pushed up Sully telling Dom her origin the half an issue sooner. Mm. You know, just little things like that. Like, you know, for like the fourth time when she's like when she comes home and she's clearly started to put stuff together and Sully is like burning shit out back and it's like, bro, really? Like <laughs> Just cop to it. Like, this is happening. Yeah. Um, you didn't mention Catbot. Oh, my God. Catbot. Oh, Catbot's so good. Um, Catbot. Well, see, this is why I asked you if there's anything important. Catbot. So, they uh, because she is a, a actual professional racer, she signed. But this, very low on the oh, ranking. Oh, yes. Very low on the ranking. She's signed with basically this, like, media outlet. Um, and this cat bot that reminds me of like the cat bot from Sailor Moon. Yes, totally. Um, follows her around, awning like 
story updates about like her day. And she's stuff. supposed to be like live streaming her life. Like, yeah, and she's like it's like your Instagram story, but she's expected to do it. She's expected to do it like at least four times a day. Yeah, and she just keeps on being and she like, hates it. no, um, yeah, that catbot's great. And later on in the trade, the mechanic has a. Uh, she ends. I don't know why it ends up getting smashed or something, but. It's going to draw the attention of the media company, which is then going to draw more attention to what they're doing and what they're up to and yeah. deals with the mobs and stuff and her like street racing that she's doing, which she shouldn't be doing. Um, all of that will you know, come out if the catbot stays broken. So the mechanic rebuilds the catbot with like extra tweaks and weapons and stuff. And I can, I can yes. see that catbot is going to be a you know, more important thing going forward. Yeah. Um, so I like that. We, um, we really like things that have cats, whether it's a cat teaching us or a cat ball. Oh, totally. It totally put <laughs> the, the musical cat. Um, <laughs> fucking Brooklyn Nine-Nine Charles made a joke about wanting his call name to be Rum Tum Tug. I thought of you. Um, so, like again, there are things to like about this book. I like the, you know, I like the the warriors aspect to, you know, all yeah. the gangs, mm-hmm. all the biker gangs type of thing but at the same time it's like i didn't think the action and the racing action was choreographed that like it could have been a little bit better like i'm reading it and all i'm thinking about is like you know the first 20 minutes of akira and right how awesome that was <laughs> and, <laughs> well i really liked akira <laughs> it's, Akira's it's, great. it's totally <laughs> i understand it's totally unfair to you know compare what's essentially an indie comic to like one of the most expensive anime movies ever made yes. but it is unfair to but, but the biker combat was done better in that or in the original manga um because um, okay it's just it's not quite there for me and like listen i brought this thing to the back to read on break at major canadian retailer yeah and my co-lead was like oh you're reading motor crush and i was like yeah caitlin asked me to read she's like oh he's like oh that makes sense oh. he's like i wouldn't have pegged that for a jordan comic no but this is why I give you things but, uh, that you would never read, this right? Is why, this is why we have the show. Uh, and sometimes it's a hit, like Monstrous, and sometimes it's a, oh, I wish this was different, a little better. But listen, that doesn't mean that when, if this, if I'm, you know, the second trade rolls into work, that I'm not going to read it. Right. Um, there's clearly something going on with, you know, Black Rider bike helmet. Yeah. Um, and the, like, flying, you know, pyramid that, like... It's constantly pursuing her. <laughs> That's what it is. You know, Sully's just driving home from work one day and this car is like fleeing a flying pyramid and it crashes and there, there's a baby in there. Sully just takes the baby because yeah. he feels like it's going to die regardless and that's dumb and he raises her like like his own and he like stepped out with the baby for a moment and or like and like switched cars. That's what it was. He drove right. his truck back to his brother's place, took his brother's car to go like go some, I don't know where he was going, but while he was gone flying pyramid came and like burned the place down flying pyramid <laughs> you gotta be careful for a flying pyramid so you know we we don't know you know we don't we don't know what's up with that i'm you know i'm not rushing out to have the questions of motor crush answered right. but if they are laid out in front of me i will read it okay i'll read it again so that makes it like a seven for me okay cool um you never know what it's gonna be so i'm glad <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't i mean i'm i'm not surprised you have your certain like aesthetic comic thing, aesthetic. and I've got my certain aesthetic comic thing, which is just like newer, 
I guess. And like the lines are not as, not as fussy. I remember now, I remember when we talked about Monstrous, you actually talked about like some of the hands were like a little weird. It was yeah. like, she got really tired and I don't find that's a problem at yeah. all. Like but... at one moment you have the most beautiful looking Panther man that yeah. looks like he stepped out of a, you know, PS4 Final Fantasy cutscene. Yeah. And then there's just like two circles and an oval in the background. And it's like, is that supposed to be a cat? Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that is. Did you have that time to, uh, to fill that in? Yeah. Um, I would not consider this like, oh, he hates when I bring him comics. Like, you brought me Scout, yep. which I loved, yeah. which was amazing. You brought me Monstrous, which I loved and is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, this one was just a little, like, it's didn't on the find same, it as good as them. It's on, like, the same level as Bitch Planet. Yeah. Like, this isn't for you, I mean, Exactly. Like, like dude said, like, yeah. that's not a comic I would have pegged for you. I'm happy it exists. I'm yeah. happy it's out there. But if I want to watch biker racing, which I don't really, it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> cars. We, we know what I feel about cars and mechanical stuff. It's yeah. like, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I have flashbacks to, like, know, dudes back <laughs> home who would, like, hear a sound system, like, standing around a fucking Pontiac Sunfire talking about their sound systems and I'm just like I hate all of this I want to leave I like things that are mechanical in the future (laughs) I'm like future bikes cool but if you ask me about a bike now I'm like what okay anyways yeah okay cool seven 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 that's out there the trade is out Again, it's an image book. I don't recall, but it's probably like ten bucks. Probably if you want to buy it's the like trade. Price point. Cheaper for digital, I'm sure. Yeah. Or check your local library. Yeah, it's always a good place to check. Libraries are dope. They are dope. So moving on. Moving on. I don't know what possessed me. I don't know what possessed you. No us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had been thinking about going deep back. Right. Like. But like with anime, I was thinking I'm gonna give her like some old ass, like real like, old, like 80s, early 90s anime, like some of the first stuff I was getting into. Right. Um, and I I don't know why this popped into my head. I have no idea why this popped into my head at all. Interesting. Um, but I was like, well, fuck it. He'll give Caitlin that. Maybe that'll be the old thing. Yeah. Check this out. This is not one of my favorite books of all time, but to some extent, it's a very important book. Right. And. I think not to like you know put my thing on your take of it, but you know I reread it, yeah, and was like, mm, mm. this is real, this is a real eighties, yeah, nineteen eighty seven to be exact. But I think it's important celebrate what it did, while maybe not celebrating how it did it. Okay, because again, speaking of things that could have been done better, and that you maybe have to be forgiving of when you look at older things right. that had not really been done before. What the hell is Jordan talking about? He is talking about Justice League International. Dun, 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 dun. Like, what the hell is Justice League International? This is a book that started in 1987 by the creative team of a name I will never be able to pronounce properly. Mm-hmm. But it's J.M. Dematteis. Okay, that's pretty good. I think so. I think when I was a kid, I used to call him Dematteis, but <laughs> we'll go Dematteis. Dematteis. Uh, Dematteis, Dematteis. <laughs> Dimitris, Dimitris. And Keith Giffen, best known in some circles for well, best known in some circles for creating a character known as Ambush Bug. All right. But also I think he co created Lobo. Okay. I think he had a hand in that. And drawn by his early work by a guy named Kevin McGuire and his primary anchor, Al Gordon. And like I said, this started in nineteen eighty seven. And this came on the heels of uh, I gotta avoid getting too deep as I contextualize this. Because if you look at 
the roster here. You think Justice League? Well, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Um, but so the, you gave me a link, and I don't know. I'm guessing this wasn't in the original um, because he talks sort of. Oh, the text at the beginning. Yeah, that so was yeah, that was a trade. It's like five pages. Um, and it's about how this came about. Yes. And it was so awesome and just like so interesting. So I thought it was like written so kind of hackneyed and very 80s like comic bro type. That, no, like- I, I thought it was great. And I thought it was, you know, even funny. Um, he was talking about, I think you said Keith, whatever it was like coming, coming to him every Friday going Justice League, like just being crazy about it and just being finally being like, fine, you get to work on Justice League. We have nothing. Let's go. And sorry. And um, one of the things that in this five page sort of talk about like how this all came about, it was like, we didn't know who's going to be on the roster. Um, We kind of had some clues. Um, We needed a story that could encompass all we didn't know. And we wanted to do something different. And part of that was the comedy aspect. Um, So that was like a really, really interesting. And then they even talked about like the, uh, the, the letterer. And mm-hmm. um, the gentleman like who lo- worked on the lettering, so it like gave me things to look out for okay. that I don't see. I didn't even pay. read that whole intro bar, oh. but you should totally read I the intro bar. Go back and read that. Uh, but it talked about like the lettering and how like they would have the writer would have like these huge gags, which would he would be worried about because like how do you fit like it, you can't take a part out of it or it doesn't how do you work. Get the banter, yeah, and like the letterer was just like this master letterer who could fit like anything into any bubble. And this is pre digital, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so all of that was really fascinating to read at the outset, and I'm glad I did because it. At first, I think if I hadn't read it, I would have been like, what is going on? But it gave me stuff to like, it didn't give anything away, and it gave me stuff to look out for. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was really, really great for that. So as Caitlin said, this intro mentions, you know, we have nothing, we had to encompass what we didn't know. What did they know, and why didn't they know it? This was the first Justice League post-crisis. Yes. What this is, is the first crisis, right? Yes. This is Crisis on Infinite Earths. What the hell is that? Basically, after, you know, 80 years in business, yeah. DC was like, our books have too much going on. We've got a multiverse. We've got two different versions of Superman running around. Yeah. We've got the Earth 2 Superman. Because basically, they, long story short, DC Comics started in like, you know, the 30s or mm-hmm. something. And that's where Batman and Superman and whatever and the uh, Flash started. And then they didn't do superhero comics for a while up until about the 60s when you started the Silver Age, yes. which is when Marvel really kicked into gear. And DC started, you know, revamping their, some of their heroes. Yeah. So you have a Green Lantern, but he's a space cop when previously he was just kind of like a hero with an actual Green Lantern. Yeah. That was kind of more like fire based. The Flash in the 30s had like a tin can on his head, but they gave him, now they made him a, you know. Hey, it had lightning bolts on it. And that was Jay Garrick. And then they redid the Flash, but now he's Barry Allen and he's got a different costume and stuff. And as the years went on, sometimes writers would want to use those old characters from the 30s. But how do you bring them into here? Well, maybe they're on a different earth and your brain explodes just thinking about it. Yeah. So sometimes in in, in 86, I think DC did this thing where it's like, very common now. DC's done it like four times since, but it's like, it's like. Fuck it. Just reset everything. But this is the first time this had ever been done. It's like we're smashing everything. It's the crisis on infinite Earths, and it's one Earth. Bam. That's it. They were resetting everything. So they gave Superman to a guy named John Byrne. Yep. They gave Wonder Woman to a guy named George Perez. These are characters that were both known for these. Yep. 
And I think the Flash got, I don't know who the Flash was with, but like they, they couldn't be used, basically. Yeah, it was like off limits. It's like, we don't want to bog those characters down for new readers. We want them, if a new reader comes in and they want to read Superman, bam, that's where you go to read Superman. Right. We don't want this cross going on between books, which happens all the time now. But back then they were like, we want to reset. We want to leave everything its own. So sorry, Justice League writer, you cannot use a whole whack of Justice League characters. The big three. Yeah. You can't You can't use Superman uh, Wonder Woman or the Flash, and acor- whether this is apocryphal or the truth, the according to the intro and the Wikipedia page, the Batman editor like took pity on them, yes. and was like, "You can use Batman." Yeah. Um. So Batman is the biggest name here yes. on the roster. Yes. But they kind of had to like go through the dregs to find and some team members. The other part of that was, like I said before, like they they didn't know also who the dregs were necessarily going to be. So they needed a story where they could put different people into it. Yes. Like it wouldn't matter if it was this character or this other character. Right. Um, so yeah, so that was, I found really fascinating as well. So the team initially is Batman, Black Canary. Yep. The Blue Beetle. Yep. Captain Marvel, Dr. Fate, mm-hmm. Dr. Light, their Green Lantern, they opted for Guy Gardner Ugh. instead of Hal Jordan. God. <laughs> uh, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. And my beloved, Mr. Miracle. <laughs> um, and the plot basically has to do with, I'll skip over the whys and wherefore. So basically the Justice League gets sanctioned by the UN. Yeah. And there are people who want this to happen and manipulate this to happen. Yes. But they're basically now recognized by world governments. It's kind of like global peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. And they now have sort of franchised yeah like there are justice league embassies and as the series goes on you get the red rocket who is a russian superhero um later on you get a couple uh brazilian characters i believe fire and ice or green flame and ice maiden whatever their names were Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that reading this book in 2018 yeah it's not really good rereading it had a certain you know nostalgic Right. Flair for me, um, because this was a book that for me, we've talked before about the process of collecting, the nature of collecting, and how as you tick things off, right. that on your want list, you then have to go and look for the things right. that you missed the first time around. And I think maybe I'd been buying like 20 years later, this entire team, creative team, came back and did like a mini series called formerly known as the Justice League, I think. Yeah. Oh. Like they did one called that and they did another one called I Can't Believe It's Not the Justice League. And I read those and loved them and was like always just kind of had an affinity for like probably Kevin Maguire's artwork, if I'm being totally honest. Okay. And then I was a new comic store had opened in Windsor and I think their back stock, like they started the store with the owner's collections. Right. And they just had a full run of these for oh like a dollar for like a dollar, dollar fifty a pop of these Justice League Internationals. And I was like Mine. All right. Funk. Funk. <laughs> Buying them all. And I just have memories of like one summer on my parents' back porch. Just reading all of these. Right. What do I love about this book? I love Kevin Maguire does faces better than anyone. They talked about that, actually. So I could like look out for that, right? Um, and I was bummed because this is so early and he's kind of undercooked as an artist. Right. You get to later in his career and he's just... His faces are unbelievable. And as well, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Okay. Oh, that makes me real happy. So <laughs> I want to wrap this up so we can get into it. If you're sick 
this will be almost alarming because it's so not dark and gritty. Right. And if that's what you expect superheroes to be, especially DC superheroes, this will be like, what, what? is happening? Um, which is something else they talked about in the five page, like how things had gotten really like dark mm. and they wanted to like lighten it up again. So it's, it's very comedic. It's very slapstick, which is totally bizarre for a superhero book, especially a superhero book from a major publisher in 1987. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing they talked about is how after they did it, everyone started making mm. things all like light and fun and funny. And they're like, we did it first. Light and, bree- light and breezy. Like their take on Batman is simultaneously. I I just, I, oh, I just oh. need to talk about it. I'll so s- Fine. I'll step back. Get out there, Caitlin. What did you think of this? This book won me over. Really? In like, uh, in like, Four pan four panels, which was so you mentioned the the uh, Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I know what's about to happen. Here. So in the first issue, there's this moment where Guy Gardner is being the fucking worst. If you're unfamiliar with Guy Gardner, he is the worst. He's a he's a Green Lantern. He's got like a bowl cut. He's a red. He's a ginger kid with a bowl cut, and he's just an asshole. He's in, like in the names of name of uh, sorry in the. Uh, as uh, Hal Jordan and uh, no, sorry, uh, yeah, Hal Jordan and John Stewart said when asking about putting getting Guy Gardner into the Justice League, no, uh, which they said simultaneously um, because he is the fucking worst. So he's being the worst, and everyone's fucking fighting, and he's like throwing. He um, thinks he should be the leader. He throwing Martian Manhunter around. He's being awful to Black Canary, just like sexist and gross, and. Batman and Doctor. First of all, I love Doctor Fate. So the fact that like Batman and Doctor Fate walk in is just so great. And Doctor Fate like, I'll take care of this. And Batman's like, No, I'll take care of it. And it's just three. There's like three panels of just like Batman. No dialogue. Just Batman walking up, and then him like right in <laughs> Guy's face, going sit down. And I'm like, That is my Batman. That is like my. Batman, where everyone's fucking terrified of him, and he just like won't take any shit. And Guy Gardner, just like you said, the face Guy Gardner goes Such from like howdy, like like so angry, and then he goes like fine, and that's like his final face. It's just like this fine. I'll sit down, but you'll see Batman one day. Like just. Anyways, it won me over, like, immediately. And I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. And I, like, showed, like, ran to show, like, senior correspondent. I'm like, look at these panels. Um, so that was great. And then it did some other, like you said, the, like, there was this face the Black Canary made, like, Guy Garner. She's like, I'd really like to smash his face in. And I could, like, hear her say that mm-hmm. through her face. Um, and from there, just, like, Guy being the worst... To, like, everyone just being like, uh... And just the, the funny, right? There was funny, like, um... It, it's funny in, like, a, like the more I was reading, I was like, well, she might actually really like this because it's, like, it's not exactly sophisticated humor. It's like watching an old movie. Like, but, but it was, like, at one point, uh, for instance, um, Blue Beetles, like, you know, having a green, like, because they were talking about maybe Batman should take the... The Green Lantern ring. That was the line I was going to say. That's my fucking and, favorite line. And, and, and he'd be like, yeah, having a green Batman would be as stupid as and Batman goes, Blue Beetle. And I was like, oh! No, it wasn't that line. It was, I think Mr. Miracle says to him about like, or he hops in there and it's like, it's like, you know, 
maybe you should maybe you should just take guy's ring and then you know oh. take care of this whole thing <laughs> batman goes it would just get in my way yes yes <laughs> that one yeah right up. like that's that is such a like it's a satirical batman line but yes. at the same like you're kind of poking fun at batman's like control freakism like he doesn't want that he just yeah. wants to do it all himself and what this actually really reminded me of was the justice league television show mm. this is like the precursor to that that has all this intermingling of the different characters and they even do like uh an episode of the justice league where it's all the like b characters yes. or oh, c yeah. characters it's, it's the best episode of the entire series like absolutely and i could see that taking definitely um inspiration from this comic right like what do you what should we do i know let's do something a little bit different let's focus in on these c characters you've never heard of but then you love right you're like that cowboy's amazing um so this is the cover to formerly known as justice league number one just so you can get a sense of how oh wow how kevin mcguire got better and how coloring helped him that is a huge difference like look at captain adam's face (laughs) Also, also, um, like Booster Gold shows up and like, yes, just Booster Gold. I he's not one of my favorites. He's actually one of Senior Correspondent's favorites. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, the just two of like, them together, are like my favorite thing in DC Comics. So, um, which takes me to I had asked you, yeah, because I was reading along and I was like, I don't, I hate telling you what to read, yes, but I was like, good lord, if you have time, issue eight which is kind of like after the main action plot. And yeah. it's literally like they're moving into, it's like the, yeah, it's like the, they were always my favorite issues of like X-Men and shit where it's like, there's no plot. There's just all character moments. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they're like moving into their embassies. It's like, okay, we got to set up these embassies. And it's like the first time you really get the booster blue beetle shit, yeah. the, the Ted and booster shit. Um, and I think it's the first time you see what is the book's signature, which is the Bwahaha. I feel like that's the first <laughs> time you see that. And I was like, fuck, she's got to read issue eight. So did you get a chance to read I issue got, eight? Yeah, I got there. Um, it was very late, though. <laughs> so I might have gone through a little thing, uh, some things quickly. Um, but yeah, no, I I really loved the writing this book. I love what this book is. I love what it did. Um, I always think that having restrictions on what you can do with something mm-hmm. makes it better. I think finding a way to take, oh, we only get like three characters and I've only got like one artist and a, you know, and like, like this writer half time. And like that sometimes brings about like the most innovative, interesting stuff. Um, Sometimes money wrecks things Mm. or time or characters or whatever. Right. Sometimes when you get everything, you don't make anything. You just make a really boring book. Um, so I really loved it. The artwork, not my style. The face is amazing, but like you just showed me, that cover is just like, that is more, I That's what you like, which I think probably has more to do with coloring than it has to do with... Right. Then... I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I, like he did say he took a chance on a new artist. Mm. Again, five page, uh, intro. Definitely read (laughs) it. Um, and it worked out really, really well for them. I just, for me, the colors look very old fashioned. Yeah. It still looks like newsprint, right? Yeah. And it's that, like the way the, like there's lots of greens and reds and Mm. I'm always like, I don't like it. But as far as the story is concerned, loved it. I thought it was really, really interesting. And I loved all the characters there. And I know those characters from watching Justice League. Right. Um, 
And you know who you know who Captain Marvel is. You know who. Yeah. Um, you know who Captain Adam is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fate, Doctor Fate. Like right. that's a whole big long storyline in um, in both Justice League and, and Young, Young Justice. Justice yeah. um, so it was really nice to see that they took these characters and they gave them some sort of like time in the sun, right? Um, in a very like front facing comic series. Um, so yeah, I, I really liked it. It's like a nine for me. What? Yeah. Like again, art, but art aside, like I loved what it did and I loved what it taught me because when we talked about comics, I went, remember like there's tons of stuff I haven't read that's older. I, I really like. And that was part of my, yeah. I think why I, why I was like, well, fuck it, do with that. Cause she always talks about like, you, you've always talked to me about like, I want to read more comics. I need to know more comics. And yeah. I was like. Well, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go way back then. And- yeah, and like, there's like all that time from like, especially like superhero comics, like Justice League, Batman, Superman. Like, I haven't read those. Mm. I've watched all the TV shows. <laughs> I haven't watched all the specials. I've watched all the movies. But as far as like reading comic books about those characters, I haven't. I feel like you call me like the Harley Quinn generation where like I was there for Harley Quinn being in Batman the Animated Series and like I was there (laughs) for that. It's like, but it's like, yeah, it's a a generation of people who don't know that Harley was created for the show and came to comics afterwards. Exactly. So, and I mean, I know that. But I'm no, I don't know anything about Batman sort of like before that time, mm-hmm. right? Except for the ni- eight, 1989 Batman movie. Tim Burton. We love you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's sort of – but that's why I loved it so much. And I, I really did – I'm so glad I read that five-page, mm. like, talk about the comic because it, like I said, helped me look out for things. And I went, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I, I wouldn't even thought of that or – Getting to see like what um, uh, an artist and a writer and and I, I don't know editor is that who the main guy is is that what he do, does? Um, well, I mean that's who wrote the. I'm pretty sure it was written by Andy Helfer, yeah. who was the editor on the book. And like the plot and and like the plotting and all of that to see all that coming together and get a talk about how that comes together that is really really cool. So yeah, nine y'all. Yeah. Which also means that you should definitely go out and read it. You should definitely go out and read it. Yep, that's uh, I couldn't find it on Hoopla, and it may be a little dicey to track down a trade, but maybe your local library has that as well. Or, I mean, like, y'all, go to a comic shop. Yeah, you're loud. It's not just for boys. It is not just for boys. But, yeah. should not be just for boys. But it was, yeah, it was awesome, and it was, it, I'm so glad I read it. Dope. Well, shit, that worked out way better than I thought it would. Yeah. On that note, let's quit while we're ahead. And while we're not totally soaked through our draws. That would be good. That would be good. Uh, Behind my knees is sweaty. (laughs) It's really uncomfortable. That's not good. So we are going to get out of here, friends. Thank you so much for hanging with us. If you would like to talk about anything. If you'd like to speak with us about anything that came up on the show today, there are a few ways you can do that. First and foremost, twitter.com. At geekdownpod. Instagram.com at geekdownpod. Our email geekdownpod at gmail.com. Are you noticing a pattern? Or the dusty mildewed <laughs> smells like a rancid food court <laughs> strip mall of social media, facebook.com at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Get at us on any of those. If you'd like to support the show, you can visit our Patreon or our Kofi. 
Coffee. 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 We'll figure out how to pronounce that someday. Ko-fi. Patreon.com slash geekdownpod or ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Thank you so much for hanging with us, friends, as you do every week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you all stay marvelous and beautiful and cold. See you next week. Bye. I'm not a sound engineer, Kate. Let me get in. What? How the hell did you get this job? <laughs> <laughs> the tag. Uh, There's the tag.